0: There is a fifth dimension. A dimension of sound. Damn it, prank! We tell him to be quiet, I spilled my hot cup of Uranus again. A dimension of sight.
1: Hey, Arch. I'm gonna sock you and the puss. A dimension of mind. Man, Adams, is that you? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Next stop, the Twilight Zone.
0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Fifth Dimension of Twilight Zone podcast. I am, as always, your host, Nick, and we are here to talk about Rod Sterling's famous iconic TV show that can probably never be uh, you know, talked about ever again in such perfect whatever. I don't know where I'm going with this. Anyways, uh, you can uh, reach me. Uh, you can reach our uh, channel on my YouTube channel as well as we're on Apple Podcasts and Google Play we're probably on amazon somewhere i think i don't know i still haven't heard back from them but um we're back to talk another episode of the twilight zone and um uh, here i got two people to talk to about the twilight zone with me my two regular uh, guest hosts or hosts or whatever you want to call them the hosts with the most Are you uh, the-
1: hose? yeah hosts
0: host. with the most is made. Yeah. <laughs> uh but
1: our our our, our first host yeah <laughs>
0: but You're our first host
1: you always
0: be my host uh, geez i'm <laughs> like that World package World. i sent to you guys definitely be my uh sea fags um, oh my god <laughs> no uh the first person i got to introduce as always is our 2d host we will slap any person who makes fun of her game your anus and that's trip from trivial theater <laughs> what's going on
1: so i'll slap anyone that makes fun of your anus or my own anus i'm so confused her. Uh, her. We'll, uh, yours. or my anus <laughs> In, yeah
0: in anus. Any whoever anus? makes fun of your anus you get a slap we'll just okay. say how's that zone so, my arm is stuck hey, to you,
1: my side i'm not sure how that works
0: uh, you do head slap Headbutt bottom yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a flowing locks.
1: sure <laughs> sounds um, like a plan
0: <laughs> so if you're if you're wondering we are this is a week after the uh, oscars when will Sl- uh, will smith did slap chris rock which was amazing and <laughs> weird and scary and kind of funny so um yeah so how are you doing I just Triv? watched it. it's amazing yeah. exactly
1: <laughs> it was definitely a thing to behold uh yeah. i think we witnessed history and uh hopefully we will have many more moments like that down the road
2: exactly i think maybe somebody the won maybe- this picture too or something
1: yeah exactly uh, <laughs> there was a there was an award show of some sort but uh you know grand scheme yeah
0: something yeah right yeah. <laughs> but the other person you hear is of course a man who is our little star link of the podcast and that is host jacob of Aww. dick Andrews reviews are you doing
2: jacob you doing good? You know I'm doing good. I am not quite the little Starlink as of yet, or the big Almost. Starlink. But Next I episode will be soon. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully by then I'll have my star linked in here and all that. So, so you won't have to not show my full screen because I'm like <laughs> a frozen image because <laughs> 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 my image so crap, yeah. But yeah, Well, I'm good.
1: Your, your semi frozen image is better than my full image any day of the week. I'm pretty sure.
2: <laughs> oh no, you hush your mouth, Jeff. You hear that bullshit they're talking?
1: hey don't be talking Uh, for jeff you don't represent his views.
0: i mean he doesn't have anything sticking out of his eye anymore
1: yeah
2: (laughs) oh that's that's coming back soon it's coming soon once i get my internet so i can get those images back we'll get something back in that eye jeff i know you love it Ah, yes but but did
1: you just try to fist the eyeball
2: yeah that's kind um, of weird, weird man. i don't try and fist anything i do not try there's no try <laughs> there's only do I mean, double fist <laughs> i mean happen.
1: it is a big eye you know it's a star it's just a, a starro level pupil
2: quite the hole
1: yes <laughs> <laughs> and he holds a the goal
2: there you go oh the fire cup's <laughs> back what? yeah uh oh, yeah. Oh, triv sorry your that's cup okay. i still have it it's just dirty no, that's it's all right. Being washed at the moment. That's okay. Man, that sounds yeah, like it's explained to me if it's The flower dirty. cup had to a-
1: No, that's 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 a good cup.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but as we begin, really, these are the two cosmic sin awards of my heart, the Razzies.
1: You're you're calling us both Bruce Willis? I'm not sure how I'm... the
0: the Razzies <laughs> of the of our heart. Of the podcast we're the are we the... redeemed
1: Razzies or are we just Razzies? Because that could be taken in a bunch of different ways.
0: I mean, we're like the greatest podcast ever, so we oh, are yeah. like the, the redeemed.
2: And to <laughs> us, to us, Nick, you will be the Amy Schumer of our hearts. Oh, yeah, <laughs> especially dressed <laughs> Spider- as uh yeah,
1: <laughs> especially dressed as a super or Spider-Man.
2: Exactly. Somebody's gonna Spandex. watch this like six months from now. They never <laughs> like, watch the Oscars, they're like, What in the <laughs> fuck are these people talking about? <laughs>
1: Put it this way: you Your spandex Thank hits you for us in all the, the right places. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: uh, shit. Yes. Anyways, so yes, we're talking about the Twilight Zone, a series that was definitely, I think, nominated for Emmys. Was definitely not nominated for Razzies. And uh this week, we're talking an episode that. I don't know how I feel about, cause it has some very uh, interesting stuff in it as triv. And apparently Jacob doesn't realize uh, it's very uh, weird. Um, it's season one, episode 29, which is called nightmare as a child directed by Alvin Ga- Ga- uh, Ganser written by Rod Sterling Jerry Goldsmith did the music production code 173, uh, 3635 second to last episode recorded of the season and premiered April 29th, 1960 stars Janice rule as Helen Foley, Terry Burnham as Marky and Shepard Strudwick as Peter Seldon. I I will say
1: like, like last week we had this super funny cheeky episode. And this week we have a total downer of an episode.
0: Ah, It's it's something Um, this episode is a lot. to, Yeah. It's interesting. It's a lot to take in. It's an episode that deals uh, with some abuse to be fairly honest. It really does. But um, I have to ask, this is an episode I don't remember I did ask someone about this episode. I was talking to a friend today and I was asking him, have you heard, remember, because it's a big Twilight Zone episode. They'll be on in a couple of weeks. And I was asking him about this episode and they were like, yeah, I remember that. And then they spoiled it for me. Like you son of a bitch. And uh, I got to ask you guys, even if you had never, don't remember this episode at all, which I know Jacob, you haven't. um, Did you guys have any idea where this episode was even going to start or go? Or did you guys have any contemplation of what this episode was going to be? This is a really fucked up episode, to be fairly honest.
1: Um, the parts of it I did like the when when they when the little girl showed up, I, mm. I kind of had it in my head what it what she was. Yeah. Um where the episode itself mm-hmm. went, I didn't really so much.
2: But as the episode went on, I kind of did. But like like Tripp said with the thing with the little girl, I was like, mm, after just a few minutes. At first I didn't, I just thought it was like some village of the damn shit. But um <laughs> no, the As it went on, I was like, yeah, I know what's up with you. And then around the time that we'll get to the guy left, I was like, "Mm, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, -hmm, yeah, I think I get that. And then it kind of just all fell into place. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how I feel. I I really don't. We're going to have to talk through
0: this. But I'm um, curious to
2: hear about this this situation.
0: No, no, no. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. That you were talking about.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we'll get. We'll, I
0: promise you, I promise you, we will get to that. Even if I forget, you'll remind me. And I will definitely get to it. Um, so, this yeah. episode opens up Helen Foley uh, <laughs> walks into the building, sees a little girl on the steps, and immediately vi- invites her in for her hot cocoa. I don't know how you feel about adults with kids, but I'm assuming, Jacob, that some random adult uh, that you didn't know welcomed your kid into a, a an apartment and offered free drinks. Um, how you feel about that? But it's really
2: weird. I know, yeah, I know I the sixties and stuff is weird, but she just, I she just invited her in, like, hey, there's yeah. a kid, come on in. And she was like, Okay, that that just seemed odd to me, but okay.
1: <laughs> sure. I mean, you could take it from the perspective of she felt camaraderie with the kid, like it was something that no other kid she would have invited in, but this particular kid, she was like, Hey kid, come come join me.
0: Well,
2: later I'm on, based it makes on where sense. the episode goes,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: but anyway she offers hot chocolate which i wish people would offer me hot chocolate i don't get enough hot chocolate in my life hey it's, nick it's, yeah would you
1: like some hot chocolate i got some on the table here
0: hell yeah send it on over i'll you take come six, get it I, I, give me like a <laughs> give me 25 hours i'll get over there i promise okay. <laughs> um so anyways that leads into she makes hot chocolate for this kid who is not giving her name and i don't know how you guys feel about the kid in this episode but she kind of freaked me out a little bit she was like trying too hard, maybe a little bit. I, I don't know, but she's like, I know who you are. I know everything about you. And I think that's not. I a, think she's supposed to.
1: Yeah, and she did a great act- job as an act, like as a as yeah, a kid it was actor. Great. She did great.
0: It was just, it was just off footing. It was not off footing. It was off setting. I guess I don't know. Um, Nick is just
1: anti kid,
0: apparently. <laughs> but the the other thing, the day, me.
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so anyway, so she weird ass makes kid. a hot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she makes a hot chocolate and that's when the uh, opening narration happens
2: oh yeah that's my cue <laughs> month of november hot chocolate and a small cameo cameo of a child's face imperfect only in its solemnity is it what Sol-min-ity? Sol-min-ity? That right? so- oh, solemnity
1: solemnity oh, solemnity solemnity
2: yes he i'm, I'm glad i'm not alone in that okay <laughs> and these are the improbable ingredients to a human emotion an emotion say like fear but in a moment, this woman, Helen Foley, will realize fear. She will understand what are the properties of terror. A little girl will lead her by the hand and walk with her into a nightmare. Dun, dun, dun. Do, do, Go to do, commercial. Do, do,
1: do. <laughs>
0: um, so, I don't know, Triv, did you have the trivia on this at all?
1: Uh, yeah, so the the lady, main lady's name was Helen Foley, and that was mm-hmm. the one of uh, Rod Serling's favorite teachers. The there was the acting debut. There's a little girl at the end that has a doll. Um, and it was her, it was her name is Morgan britney She's uncredited, mm-hmm. although she had several lines near the end.
0: Oh, no, I was gonna say the one thing, uh, Helen Foley was the name of the teacher in uh, the Twilight Zone movie, the one oh. with the little kid. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, yeah, 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 creepy. At least she got at least the little girl got paid for having lines. And I'm sure, I hope, yeah. she got paid.
1: Ideally speaking,
2: <laughs> there's actually a couple of, and I could be wrong i didn't read this i just going off memory which is very bad at my age but um there was some other things that we'll get to with the score that i saw some some uh, parallels between this and the twilight zone movie from the 80s as well and another movie but we'll get there
0: i think uh jerry goldsmith actually did the score for the movie if i remember right did
2: he do the score for poltergeist as well
0: yes because yes, this did.
2: really reminded me in, later on in the episode <laughs> of the poltergeist theme and some slightly, it was reminiscent of at least part of the theme or some of the theme in the mo- the twilight zone movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh Jerry Goldsmith did a lot of work for his, his time. I, I was actually surprised every time I hear about a movie that he de- uh, did the musical score for, I'm like, really? Like he did like the 13th warrior, oh, wow. <laughs> the haunting. Oh really? The mummy. Eaters of the dead.
2: Yeah, Eaters of the Dead. <laughs> um, Such a better name than the 13th Warrior. I know, right? Anyway, that's like the, the that podcast. So. so,
0: this whole kind of segment is just this kid is talking to Helen Foley's character, and she's just kind of You know, every time Helen Foley says something, she's like, oh, I know about that. Or does this seem familiar or whatever's going on? It's like it's like there's a lock on Helen Foley's brain that's keeping her from remembering all this. And I don't know if you guys think this way, but I'm assuming that were you starting to come to the idea that possibly she was uh, maybe the same person? Was that coming to you guys at all while that was happening, while they were talking? And every every time she says something, she's like, oh, yeah, I remember that. You have the burn on your arm and you have... Mm -hmm you know something happened when you're a kid and you know this stuff coming is like did the person in the street is there anybody you recognize did you recognize the guy in the school uh in the car coming from home like were you guys starting to form any impressions that she was the same person because i mean it's pretty early it's right before the i mean before the act break but it happens you know what do you guys do you guys have anything on that
1: i mean i i kind of figured from like after the first couple lines the kid had i kind of felt like this is probably her as a child or it's a childhood toy that she had or something. Mm-hmm. So,
2: I mean, I, it took a few minutes into it. Um, I, I, like I said, I started to pick up on, yeah, I think that's her as a child or, or her something, something to do with her childhood. Obviously this kid's not normal, but uh, can we talk about that scar that she talks about on her arm? She's like, do you have a scar a burn scar? on yeah. your arm and she lifts up her arm i was like god that's a scar that's an open wound this lady talking about it, i got a scar jesus this is like a freaking open wound on her arm i was like that's that just happened or something but whatever that that was just my takeaway from that but yeah um i had a I, I started to think that at some point probably about midway point of the episode i was like yeah i think that's her right
0: and i mean it's it's a i i guess when you have this is a lot about a lot of episodes about ptsd trauma and how people are able to lock this stuff away in certain circumstances and it makes sense that's why the episode makes sense in a lot of respects when she doesn't remember anything even the kids like you don't remember this you don't remember that you don't have any faint inkling because you know if somebody locks something away something could trigger it to come back which is what the peter Mm -hmm. Seldon character ends up being about and um you know she the girl just kind of knows everything about her. And then she's like, well, uh, what's your name? And then people call her, as her nickname is Marky. And, you know, she drinks the coffee or the cup it, of hot chocolate. What's up? I was just
2: say, I loved her reaction to mm. her name when she says it. Because little <laughs> girl is like, they call me Marky. And she's like, did you hear me? They call me Marky. And the lady <laughs> just like goes from like, everything's cool. And she's like, yes, I heard it. And then like, she immediately goes from like, yes, I heard it. It's a very pretty name. I was like, "What the fuck?" This chick's got some like bipolar disorder or something. But okay.
0: And I mean, the kid like it, it, the kid the kid's like really weird in how she talks. She has like this cadence about her, this very unusual kind of way she does things. And she's like, "In um, uh, Helen's like, are you feeling warm?" And the kid's like, "No, I think I'm comfortable. I'm good. I'm good." And all of a sudden, there's a knock on the door. And she like runs like fucking the.
1: Wind. I'm like getting the fuck out of here.
2: <laughs> yeah, He's that like, kid ran like she got a warrant out on her. <laughs> uh-huh. She jumps up like I gotta go. <laughs> it's the popo at the door.
0: It, ah. it, it reminds remind me of the uh, Jerry Maguire movie when uh, that little kid walks in uh, and he starts talking to Jerry Maguire, uh, Tom Cruise's character, and all of a sudden he hears his mom. He's like, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. He like runs out of the room and stuff like that. So, but this is a little more serious than that. But um. Yeah. Well, that's when that happens we get a knock on the door and the door the person helen opens the door and it's this guy peter Seldon. in the process of everything he's like you know do you remember who i am i used to work for your mother and i'm sitting here going he just she just lets him in and he kind of just hangs around for a while and i was like really confused about she's like really trusting the people apparently that she doesn't know and she just lets them into the room and then they start having a conversation about you know when she was ill for a long time, and she drew she draws a blank of the evening and wonders if she remembers anything. And it starts getting into all this stuff about this incident that happened. You know, I don't know however many she's what probably in her thirties, maybe 35, 25 years prior. If the Twilight and, Zone, she's thirty six. Yeah,
1: everybody's thirty
0: six. <laughs> exactly. And so the the things that I start questioning about, and the things that I start wondering about, is this guy comes in out of the blue. She's the person that the marquee is talking about the one that maybe she remembered or had some inkling of, and he just comes in and he starts asking all these questions and things and idea like stuff that happens about, you know, the na- nightmares things that she's waking up from the bed, hearing about from her mother's terror and screaming and this you know, all this stuff that's happening. I'm going, this is such a red flag. Like, wouldn't you just want this guy to leave? Wouldn't you start calling the police? Cause there's something off about the situation. And i don't know what you guys feel about it. like i said it's the 60s i mean things are different than they are now now we would never let this happen unless we knew the person or had invited him over for a party but what do you guys think about this
1: that was all kinds of red flags it, yeah is it is it <laughs> even even then especially if you had like even if it was like a little kid going oh you don't want to let him in bad things are gonna i'm here to warn you of things i mean i would you know take that as on board but you know outside and outside perspective is everything so
2: yeah she's exactly. just letting all these people in her house She let this guy in her house i think it's kind of clear what she was after and she's like yeah come on in it's free love and all that shit in the 60s let's have a party come on you're about my age maybe a little older i don't really know you never know the twilight zone it's like whatever it's been a while i had a kid here earlier but you know that didn't work out Ooh, <laughs> but so <laughs> nice God damn. So uh, yeah, I don't know, but yeah, that was weird. That, that guy, he just shows up and starts saying all this weird shit. It's like, hey, yeah, I, I used to know you and your mom, and do you? It's like he starts prodding. It's like, hey, do you remember? Which I guess that makes sense once we find out what we know. But he's like prodding to get information or trying to get. It's like everybody this night is trying to get all this information, and trying to get her to relive this horrific moment in her life, and she's uh, just she, like, she,
0: oh, she, yeah, that's normal. And <laughs> yeah, she moved past it and everything. But okay, so. We, we have to talk about this and I, this may be a discussion that is going to go places. I don't know. And Triv and I were thinking about the same thing. And the man says to her, he has a, quite a crush on her when she was younger. Now mm-hmm. I was thinking, I was thinking about this for a second. I'm going, how old is this guy? Was he her age when this happened? What is it? But as we learned later in the episode, he was not a, a young person when this happened, he was, he looks like he's like 50 or 60 years old. So we have to ask, is there some pedophilia going on in this episode? Or like, it attempted, at, at least. i
2: think it's yeah. wondering now. Yeah, because he did He did say that. I didn't even think of that. I remember him saying that, but it was one of those things like he said, and I was like, what? And then something else happened. It was like, oh, on to another thing. <laughs> so yeah, you might be right. He's like, maybe he had a thing going with her mom, and then maybe he had been like messing with her. And oh, man, maybe Rod Serling. It didn't say anything in all the stuff. Well, the few things that I looked at. The extremely limited search I did of this episode before getting in here because I was in a hurry, but yeah, I think you might be onto something. I, mean, I don't, wanna, I was... don't like talking about this stuff, but it's just like,
0: is that? What it, but then it talks about how later on he was, well, we'll, we'll talk. About, I'm just gonna say he was following her around. So I don't know. Maybe he's like talking about when she was like 10 years ago, or it's just so it's so insinuated that he was a pedophile. I mean, I don't know if this is something that passes. Well, he straight up
2: said I had a crush on you back in the day. And you're yeah. right. Yeah, he's older than her because, yeah, when it shows what he did, he was—I mean, she was like what, six, ten, something like that. I, I don't think, think 10. 10 years old, 10 year 10. old. She was, she was yeah. ten. Yeah, did what he did. Yeah. So yeah, I'm thinking he was probably at least twenty. I had a crush on a ten-year-old. The fuck, you fucking weirdo.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's um.
1: Oof. It's a it's a licorice pizza situation. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But it's just uh, this okay. this, <laughs> this this episode went very downhill quickly. No, but it's just like I was I was sitting there going watching. I'm like, did Russell just write that in his script? Like, it, obviously, I haven't seen this episode in a while,
2: but it's like, good lord! I'm like, holy shit! Um, well, it's one of those things you have to like look at. That's the Twilight Zone because of the, mm-hmm. you know nowadays it would have been in your face, yeah. in a TV yeah. show back then they had to like kind of do things on the sly and that's what makes talking about these, these episodes interesting like i said i mean i watched this episode and i didn't catch any of that but now that you've mm-hmm. brought it to light i'm like oh shit i think there's actually something to that and it makes sense because back then they had to like kind of like everything that had to stuff, be skirted. you know yeah it has to be like you know kind of like shrouded in mystery and and they because the censors weren't going to let you talk about that kind of stuff but Clearly, whoever wrote this thought it was something that at least needed to be addressed. Get people to thinking about it. I'm surprised yeah. more there isn't more about that in the in the uh, not trivia, but you know, talking about the episode and stuff. In the two places I looked, granted, I didn't do a huge search, but
1: yeah, I can't say I did either. But just generally, I mean, and it could have been general abuse. It may not have been like pedophilia per se.
2: Oh, he said he had a crush, so maybe he wasn't doing anything, but clearly it was on his mind.
1: Right. And maybe as an adult, he feels like he can say it as compared to before. Like he's trying to like get flatter her, maybe. Like, you Uh, know how some people say, Oh, you were the cutest little kid, I could have eaten you up. You know, that kind of thing.
2: It's like, yeah, I had a I had a crush on you when you was a kid. Not now, you're too old, but
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any kid? You said there was a kid around here? Where?
0: (laughs) Yeah. It oh, almost, I'll be honest with you. It may not have meant to be that like that, but it just questions the wonder if something Rod certainly had read. I mean, I, I don't know,
2: but it's
1: possible.
0: Yeah. Um, well, she? I mean, it was a like-
2: thing back then. Obviously, that's mm-hmm. always been an issue. Oh, yeah. So I I they, they, there's no way because ever since you said that and I've been brought back to that line that he said, you're right, man. There's no other way you can frame that what he said. I feel like that's something they just dropped in there to like on the sly get past the censors and they just wanted to get people thinking about it and a lot of people didn't catch on to it or anything. And I think we've cracked the case after 60 years by the way. So, <laughs> God, that's... Episode that oh, the yeah, that that that's there's no other way that that, can, that that comment can be framed now that I think about it that isn't disturbing yeah yeah um all right it does it was, make me wonder why he why he did what he did with the mother though what well, did it have something to do with the little girl had he done something to the little girl the mother found out and that's why he took the mom out because you know they they never really well i guess i'll just give it away but they never really get into why that thing happened
0: yeah he mm. said something that she was oh, she owed him money oh or yeah something? it was the books yeah mm-hmm. yeah,
2: yeah. He asked her to cover it up or something like Yeah, he did say mm. that, I guess. Um, she should really shut the fuck up, so they had to silence her.
1: <laughs>
2: What's or she That's wasn't going to cover it up or something. <laughs> yeah. Right.
0: Um, but mm. to kind of push forward past this thing, and it's something to think about, she only remembers a vagueish nightmare thing. Waking from bed, hearing her mother in terror, seeing a man but not seeing his face. So she, at some point, woke up and was seeing a confrontation, which ends up being outside of her room and um you know she just like i said it's it's a really weird kind of structure to this episode um but she offers him something or she takes the hot cocoa that the girl was drinking away and is frazzled because nobody there no has been drinking the hot cocoa like you know the girl's not real and that's when she tells him about the little girl um she was solid and wise she tells peter the little girl's name was marky hey, and of course s nickname was Marky so with that said that's the end of the act for this episode and um, now that Jacob now that we brought this into light for you <laughs> this new information uh, what did you think of the episode but you guys can go both go but uh, what do you guys think of the uh, the first act how does the, how do you feel about it do you feel strong do you feel it has some interesting things? what do you guys think
1: it came off to me I mean you know you there are those times in life where you do get those warnings about things and just from a general perspective, like all the crush stuff aside, I'm gonna say that the basic premise of the episode so far, at least, has been: Hey, there are times when warnings drop into you know to to warn you of stuff. Pay attention. I like.
2: I was liking this episode, like uh, before getting on here, and I was um, liking like the kid, and the kid was really weird and creepy. I didn't know exactly what it was even when I did kind of start to think she was either her or like someone, maybe she knew like a ghost or I didn't know. I I was liking it. I was digging it when the guy showed up. I mean, granted, it didn't make a lot of sense that just all these people suddenly show up and start telling her I was dredging up stuff from the past, but I was really into the episode and enjoying it. After talking to you guys though <laughs> and seeing the hidden subtext here. I mean, I still like it, but it is definitely taken on a new, um a, a new look it's it's it's, it, it's different for me now because now there's like all these other things i'm looking at it and i'm like wow this is before it was just kind of this guy who did this bad thing now it's like this guy who did a possibly did a really terrible thing and was definitely thinking about a really terrible thing and there's just all this hidden subtext when this episode i wasn't expecting And that's what i love about the twilight zone and like us talking about these things is like uh you know, you take something, you you see it at face value and you're like, oh yeah, it's this and I enjoyed it. But then there's all these others, the subtext that just can really get you to thinking, wow, this is, this is fucked up.
1: Yeah. Another thing too is that but you could I did, see this I like as, it. well, and I think you could see it too as like our perspective looking at it from, you know, 60 years on versus what it was meant, you know, in a general context back then. I mean, things change over time.
2: This would definitely yeah. be an episode that I would love to pick the brain of the writer and say, oh, yeah. what was that? Like, what, what were you going? Cause I honestly sitting here thinking about it, I'd have to rewatch the episode and pay closer attention, but I cannot see another place that that comment and what all it, and some of the other things the guys did, the guy did what all it meant. I really feel like they were touching on something there and they just dropped a seed, just dropped just little seed yep. and that was enough to really Thanks. i would really be interested to hear what their their thoughts on that was because i mean if at face value you look at the episode it's just kind of the classic basic run-of-the-mill twilight zone you know this kind of weird thing happens and that you know she's remembering but man there's some really dark shit that i think was going on uh, in the background of this episode
1: yeah and that's one thing about it too words are never chosen by at random when you're talking Twilight Zone, or they oh, don't right. seem to. Oh.
2: I mean, when people write scripts too. I mean, we, I was talking with somebody about that the other day. Uh, people, these scripts are gone over and over and over by multiple people, and we, even the writer themselves, when they write it, every single word, everything that's said in a script, typically has some type of meaning, some way, some shape, form, fashion. Especially something like, "Oh, I used to have like that." That's <laughs> man like changed my whole view and outlook on this this episode now i'm just like i kind of want to i don't usually go back and rewatch episodes after i've watched them i kind of want to go back and rewatch this one now well i mean
0: you when, when we get I into this know. i'll say when we get into the second act you can actually see um <clears throat> some subtext going on with the picture why does he have this picture why has he been following around this girl for you know he says he i mean and, and we'll get Let's actually let's actually talk about the second act you know We've been hearing the there's there's something to be said about the little girl who keeps singing twinkle twinkle little star. And if you start thinking about it, it's a really kind of common thing for kids that have some kind of defense mechanism when something tragic happens i've heard stories about kids Mm -hmm. you know having to deal with like their trauma so hurt that you know this girl repeats twinkle twinkle little star like i was like so confused by like why does she keep repeating but when you think about it maybe this was something to keep her calm and she felt safe singing that song and you know the fact that this guy peter is there she just keeps singing it it's just it makes it gives the movie it gives the episode a much more um scary context if you think about it it's a very um hard episode to watch because like i said peter's there he's bringing up all this stuff he's trying to unlock all this stuff and then it gets to the conclusion but he has a photograph helen sees the flashback with the the, the silhouettes and you know the mother getting pushed down the stairs or whatever it happens in her room she screams the guy runs out i mean think about all the stuff that's going on this this is why this episode i don't know how i i don't know where to place it even in the list because it's just so much so much darkness in this episode that you only see on you don't even see until you start thinking about it even us talking now i'm starting to see more and more i mean the guy has a picture of her as a 10 year old i mean that that brings up much more context yeah, that's fucking yeah. weird yeah and he's <laughs> been following her since she's 10 years old to and like if you were gonna do what you're gonna do, why would you wait twenty five years or whatever? I, I don't
2: know. I mean, when she saw him at that red light earlier in the day, was he in a fucking Ford Ocon van like white with no fucking windows? I mean, is he driving around in a rape van? I mean, this this guy's this guy's suspect as fuck. Right. Yeah.
1: One thing I have to question though, and maybe maybe I'm looking at this from the wrong way, but why would he specifically try to unlock the memories of, of Helen? That just seems weird to like reopen all that all the case for that abuse if if that, that
0: that's what i was thinking I, too it was like it's a little weird in a storytelling aspect to like if he was going to do what he's going to do why would he need to reopen these old wounds is he like trying to like get to her first and then do what he needs to do it it doesn't make any sense to me that's where i, I,
2: I think he it. was i knowing what we know after the end i think he was whether he was stalking her or not, I don't know. But I took it as okay. He saw her, and he's like, "Oh shit, that's the lady. That's the kid." And I, you know, offed her mama in front of her. Didn't have a chance to take care of her. But I heard she forgot about it. Let me go make sure. Let me make sure she she doesn't remember anything. That's why he goes in and he starts like asking her questions. See, what do you really remember? And I think he was just trying to see if she remembered anything. And then when she started saying the stuff about Marky and all this and that. He was like, oh shit, it's coming back. She's starting to remember, I gotta take this bitch out. Even when she goes out
0: this st- to the stairs after this guy has just kind of left, um, Marky's sitting there and uh, she brings up, do you remember now? Do you remember more and more? And you know, just talking about like the burn, the burn is significant, I guess you could say, and maybe there was a a, a abuse situation. I I don't know, maybe it's an accident. It just helps her remember just the whole episode with the idea of just her coming back with memories about something traumatic is just, it's a really, I don't know, they say in the, I was reading through the uh, Twilight Zone companion, there were a lot of people were really not happy about what the writers and staff did about this episode because it, it deals with like i said that maybe the people back in the day were like this is just too much this is an episode you call you know the the ratings board or whatever about
2: so i don't well, know.
1: And you think about back then i mean look at the reaction to things now i mean people get up in arms over small things and back mm-hmm. then was no different you know
2: they get the children
1: yeah oh god you can't have you have get both. so oh, sick of that argument
2: uh speaking of <laughs> helen helen's
0: the one that come up but then the simpsons but this leads to um, the kind of conclusion to this episode because it moves pretty quickly for what it's worth, but Peter just kind of happens to pop up again and he pretty much admits to everything he killed his killed her mother and you know now she has to be the Nico Montoya and you know the whole situation there and it just like he he said he's like he came back to unfinished business because to basically kill her and I'm going once again, you're here to kill her. You had all this time to kill. Her. I'm not don't. I'm not saying you should kill people. I'm just saying he has all this time to kill her. But why would he, why would somebody come back to bring up old memories? I I don't get it. I, I just don't get. It. I'm like frustrated with this episode. I don't I'm get assuming
2: it. that he lost touch with like what he because didn't he mention something like he didn't have a chance to get to her because like the police showed up and or somebody else showed up or something like that. So he had to like run. Yeah, I, I remember vaguely he said something about like. I didn't get a chance to finish the job or whatever because you know, after I did that and saw you, the neighbors showed up and all that. So Oh, because the I'm kid was screaming. That, like, sh-
1: that's that's yeah, what it was. She was
2: too covered up with people. So he just had to go and and then, like, after a while, he was like, Okay, she doesn't remember. And then I guess he saw her and he was like, Let me let me check on this and make sure she still doesn't remember because you know, statute of limitations on murder, not a thing. And um, mm-hmm. and that's that's when he decided I guess these memories are coming back for whatever reason. So I gotta take her out. Can we talk about though also when she ran out into the hallway and he's chasing her and all that and she goes to knock on the doors? That door across the hallway that she went and knocked on, that was probably the flimsiest fucking door in the world. (laughs) That thing like bowed in. I was like, you could have just ran a little bit harder and been in that motherfucker. I mean (laughs) uh, you didn't try very hard (laughs) to
0: get in there. But can we can we we also talk about the way the guy dies too? He just like the way he falls. down we're gonna talk about that.
2: Just yeah, I it. mean, just damn, did Nan it. Adams hit his ass down the stairs from the top because like I was actually watching it on this screen over here and I glanced over here at this one for just a second and I looked up right as he crested. He just took off over the fucking stairs. I was like, damn, what hit him? It's like, Nan no. Adams, is that you <laughs> like, side swiping
0: props to props to the guy who was his stunt double. I mean, oh, he, man, he, he no took doubt. a fall in that and those steps were not uh, that wasn't a
2: stunt hell he he just that's how they did it back in the day hardcore they just threw his ass down the steps said is your insurance policy up good thing <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean
0: after everything's said and done they're they're doing the this, you know taking photos of the dead guy once again they haven't covered him up but i mean it was the 60s and, and they never um, covered
1: anybody up overrated
0: apparently. i know right Actually yeah. that fall, that fall kind of reminded me a little bit of the psychos fall when you fell down the stairs a little bit, but, um, <laughs> so they, the yeah. two detectives, what's that? Oh yeah. The two detectives are talking and they're like, you know, I give her a sedative to keep her, you know, keep her down. And, you know, the guy asks, you know, she keeps talking about this child and the detective seems to be real knowledgeable about unfinished business. And, you know, this girl was a manifestation of, you know, her youth and trying to help her and protect her and. You know, it's a Twilight Zone. So it makes, you know, sense that this girl is probably a, a real thing that came to light, came to life in her imagination, you know, as a whatever it is. But um, she goes into the room and she hears. Yeah.
2: Um, I thought all that was odd too. And I feel like that was the writer talking to the audience, whether that was something the writer felt like they had to do or like somebody said, this is kind of heady. Maybe you need to give a bit of an explanation. Let's have this cop with a PhD who can. Explain exactly what was going on with her, you know, psyche at the time, because yeah. I, I felt like I got that. I mean, by the time it was all over, I was like, yeah, I, I get what happened. But you know, it was the '60s. They're like, oh, people aren't going to get it. You need to explain it. I feel like that was just the writers handhold the audience and 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 not having faith in their audience being able to figure out what they had written. So they had to have someone to come in and, you know, exposition dump exactly what had happened. So yeah. just in case you didn't get it for you dumbasses out there, this is what happened.
1: <laughs> well, considering back in the day, I mean, not that, not that the 60s is, you know, like the 1870s or whatever, but there was probably a lot of people that, you know, didn't think about that aspect yeah. of things. You know, if you think their main demo was middle class America, you probably didn't see a lot of this kind of stuff or he didn't talk about it at least
2: yeah it's kind of like last week yeah like we were talking about last week a lot of the people that watched these shows on TV back then in the 60s they didn't have the all the media we have nowadays so what they saw on TV they took it face value if they saw a little girl talking to someone then unless they saw this little girl materialize or, or dematerialize into the ether they probably thought oh that was a real person wait yeah. what was going on is I don't know. I say that. And I mean, yeah, but I feel like maybe I'm naive here. I feel like people as a whole would be able to figure that out. But once again, we're looking at this thing through the lenses of people in 2022, not 1960. So, yeah, maybe.
1: Or they might have ideas, but not, you know, they might be like, oh, well, like, you know, it might be this, but there's that confirmation or whatever.
2: Yeah. Either way, it was definitely the writers trying to say, hey, this is what happened you didn't catch on
1: in case you missed it
2: yeah yeah and um of course she's in in
0: their room or whatever she finally feels at ease and then all of a sudden the little twinkle twinkle little star pops up again and she walks out into the hallway and it's some random girl with the annabelle doll and he's like (laughs) i have (laughs) it he says you both have a lovely smile and helen smiles as she walks back into her apartment there's a lot of lovely smiles and that's less creepy than, you know, cause there's a, you know, a woman talking to a little child that, you know, she probably will know for the rest of her life and the Annabelle doll and stuff like that. So, <laughs>
2: um, that's pretty much what the episode I'm she didn't invite her into her apartment. Yeah. Uh, Shit. What she are should've. you going, what revolution revelation are you going to give me now?
1: <laughs> She's never going to invite anyone in ever again.
2: <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's like
0: poltergeist. Sure. She's, they just throw out the TV. It's like, fuck the TV. <laughs> fuck the child that type yeah. of thing so um yeah so that's the end of the episode a very dark depressing but um uh, it's an episode of the twilight yeah. zone that went places but was there before we get into the opening or closing narration was there any other things that you know subtext wise or hinting at things was there anything else you want to talk about with the episode good bad anything you guys want to talk about
1: i think i'm pretty good i mean we kind of That was the main thing of the episode that that i saw you know
2: i i i don't know man i did like this episode i thought the end just kind of happened really fast and you know when you start picking it apart it's like okay why would this happen there were a lot of conveniences as to why it happened i mean we could say you know all these people all of a sudden show up trying to dredge up old memories but really only one person did and we could always attribute it to the reason the little girl showed up is because she saw that man at the light earlier in the day. And that is what made her mind start going. That's why the little girl showed up, that manifestation showed up. So it's really only that the guy showed up. So that kind of makes I don't know. If you go that way about it, that makes sense as to why the little girl showed up then and then he showed up later on because he saw her blah 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 blah. But I can say that I liked I was liking the episode and I, I didn't enjoy the episode. I thought the end just kind of happened, like I said. But I liked where the episode, what it had to say. But after getting on here and talking to you guys, I think it, it, that's what I really like. Those are the type of Twilight Zone episodes I like. I mean, this isn't necessarily a subject I like, but I love when I see an episode and I'm like, oh yeah, it was this. And then we get to talking about it and we explore it more. And I'm like, oh shit. There's like this whole other side to this thing that I wasn't even thinking about. Kind of like the, uh, I think it was What You Need. It had a lot of that going on in it. Mm -hmm. Things that you don't even think about or see. And then after you start, dissecting it you see like a lot more going on in the background and some episodes like what you need is kind of us just you know projecting and and saying oh maybe this maybe that but this one no there was some shit in there there was some subtext that i just didn't pick up on and i imagine people back in the 60s definitely didn't pick up on it a lot of other people don't and it just leads to some really really dark places we'll say the um
1: the way that they portrayed like the the violence between the doctor and and helen's mom was well done mm-hmm. like the kind of shadow use oh yeah they did the it. whole yeah
2: stark background yeah,
1: yeah. i thought that worked really and the well. score
2: i thought the score was really good the score was different than what we've gotten in previous twilight zone episodes i thought it seemed very it was very distinct and yeah. like i said yeah it had a lot of poltergeist. Tones and even a little bit of the movie. I th- I mentioned that um, I'm not as familiar with the Twilight Zone movie scores as, as a Poltergeist, but I really enjoyed the score here. I thought it, it had a lot more personality, and it was very. It, it really contributed to the uneasiness of the episode. It was a very uneasy score, and I thought Goldsmith did a really good job with that. Very much. Yeah, I um,
0: like I said, I overall. I enjoyed the episode. I think the the, the content. Uh, if it were me personally, I wouldn't be as high on it because it's just it's a very uncomfortable thing to think about. But for storytelling, I think yeah. it I think it tries to at least attempt to be somewhat compelling and unique and try to be somewhat hard hitting. In a lot of, I mean, even even see today, a lot of TV shows won't broach this subject because it's yeah. very difficult to talk about, and they were able to do it in a pretty pretty well i mean to be fairly honest it's a, it's just one of those episodes that you may not like the subject matter you may not like what it's trying to deal with but it actually does a pretty decent job of telling a compelling story in the end is how i look at it but we're like we're linking on the rank on the twilight zone
2: list i don't know but um yeah i guess that's where i, I do land. think the first half with the little girl all mm-hmm. the stuff with the little girl marky i think was the most interesting stuff that was the best part of the episode when the episode after that took off with the guy and all that, there were interesting things going on there and the payoff was what it was. It was none of it was bad, but I think the most interesting part that really had me like not looking away from the screen at all was the stuff with the little girl. And there's like, what is going on with this little girl? I thought she did really good. She was creepy as hell and she made it work. I mean, that little girl did a really good job. I don't know what else she's been in, but I thought she did that that was my favorite part of the episode everything after that was good and it was fine but that part where she was in there the whole time i'm just trying to figure out what is this kid doing what is she here for what's going on here i thought that was really well done
1: agreed yeah the the kid was i mean you know adult actors there's that expectation of okay there's a certain level you hope that they're at but yeah kid actors are always a crab shoot and they did very well with her
0: yeah mm-hmm. So, with that said,
2: uh, Jacob, hit us up with the closing narration. Miss Helen Foley, who has lived in night and who will wake up to morning. Miss Helen Foley, who took a dark spot from the tapestry of her life and rubbed it clean, then stepped back a few paces and got a good look at the Twilight Zone.
0: So, she is now happy ever after, I think.
2: I don't know about that. That bitch is going to need all kinds of therapy. <laughs> agreed Um, she is let's let's do a a how it should have ended or or what after the credits or whatever she's fucked she is like (laughs) years and years of therapy she's no need here and that's that's and and in, in all honesty i i joke but i've known someone who did have repressed memories they weren't this well i mean they're still working through this stuff they weren't necessarily to this level of like someone being murdered and and child you know like possibly pedophile stuff but definitely some like childhood trauma and you they can you people can like their whole future or their whole past can be altered by through manipulation and 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 just uh, uh your brain does things to to be, let you survive because there's some shit that your brain i think just decides no you're not ready for this oh yeah lock it away or not even lock it away but change it tweak it to a way that even if it is a little bit messed up it's this way you can handle this right now and then you just live with that and it's kind of crazy man to see like people that do go through this kind of thing not this specifically but like childhood trauma and then like years later when they're an adult and they like the the realization they have when holy shit like this huge part of my life, like all this from my life that I've always lived with, and I've always thought, and it's always it's it's informed the way that I look at certain people and things, and now it's all different. It's it's kind of crazy what your brain can do. And I think that was a big part of this episode as well, trying oh, yeah. and all that. I think that's interesting. And I mean, granted, I have a personal investment in that, and I I I see you know, I've never been to it myself that I know of at least, but um seeing somebody go through that and seeing how this show how this episode portrayed that i thought that was that's really neat especially with yeah. the 60s i mean you didn't hear about shit like that back then
1: no you absolutely didn't um yeah no i think the same it um it takes a certain level of bravery just to to do episodes like this even then i mean you think star trek and some of the ways that they did some of that stuff and it got a little goofy but they they did this in such a whatever you think of kind of the subject matter they did it in a very classy and and way that doesn't shove it down your throat but still informs you in a way
2: definitely didn't shove it down your throat because i didn't no. pick up on a lot of that shit that's okay. talked about it this is going to be interesting writing this one yeah i was trying yeah. to figure
1: that too like i don't i don't even know I where to start are- with this one
2: we might just be like right there. Okay, cool.
1: <laughs> exactly.
2: Um,
0: yeah. I mean, I agree with what you guys are saying. It's, it's, it's interesting. It, I think this is a, could be an episode that people could watch and really maybe feels like that something could be, you know, it could link into, you know, people are not alone in this type of situation. And even though this doesn't, in a twilight an aspect. It's just, you have something traumatic that you go through like that. There's always, there will always be people that will be there on your side for, whatever reason or hopefully we'll be on your side so i think yeah.
2: different people are definitely gonna take different things from this episode more so than i mean that's with everything but more mm-hmm. so than, like if you watch elegy okay we all take the same thing from that pretty much but something like this i think different people are going to take different things from it
1: Yeah, agreed
2: um
0: with that said let's go ahead and hit into the uh, we did the closing narration right i'm hoping. Yep. Yeah, we i did. i didn't forget <laughs> no you're is. good you're good uh, i'm losing my mind yeah it
1: was very well done
0: um anyways, but expect nothing uh, less um okay so let's head into the twilight zone list the list that nobody will ever be able to uh do better than H5 us we are, yeah we're the greatest <laughs> ever uh,
1: <laughs> well i think jake would have disagreed with on perchance to dream but otherwise yeah
0: no, that no. Mm. I, like I said, greatest We're list ever that about. nobody will be able to change. I <laughs> am just no, good. Um, okay, so with that said, where do we put this episode? Like, um, is this? I don't know where do we put I, this episode.
1: <laughs> I really don't know.
0: Is this an episode yeah, that for a chance is chance to dream, of the
2: top ten? <laughs> chance to dream dealt with mental illness and. Hey, guys, there's cat ladies
0: there's in that, that so. one? Thank you very much.
2: <laughs> no, but would you put this it's as a top ten episode? Actually.
0: Or would you put it
2: sorry, uh, no. <laughs> just, just not? I mean, I'm see the list, but it's just wall of text at this moment. But um, not even looking at the specific episodes and thinking of them, and not talking about thinking about just straight up like entertainment value and like I do sometimes, where I'm like, which one would I want to watch right now? But really, especially after talking with you guys and really digging deep into everything this episode has to say, that question of would it be top ten? I think. The questions that this one raises and the very difficult conversation, even now, 60 years later, that it wants to talk about. Yeah, I think that that's a, a worthy thing to go top ten. Is that a reason to put something top ten? I don't know. That's but, is, um, is it successful
0: that, enough to have a top to be in because you have to be success you, you literally have to be good plus compelling plus have a hard hitting topic. And that's where it kind of yeah. debates on top ten. I know you put some you you like sci fi series or episodes, but Yet to start kind of figuring out
2: but yeah I, I like okay I like the subtext of this one obviously I mean I don't like I like the the, the execution that it's trying to say something yeah I like that it's trying no, that's, to that's say number say thirteen truth
1: <laughs> <You're> so funny <laughs>
2: <laughs> I like that it's trying to say something important. I like the first half of the episode I really liked. The second half I didn't dislike but I felt like the first half was better than the second half. The second half was more just okay, stuff's happening. It wasn't as compelling as the first half, in my opinion, the part with the little girl. Once she left, it was like, okay, I'm still having a good time, but that was some really good shit. So execution overall, the episode just as viewing experience, I thought was fine. I thought it was good. It had a really compelling beginning, and the ending was just kind of, yeah, that happened. And there's some weird stuff that happens at the end, but man, I can't get that subtext out of my mind now. And all the little, I love how they unless we're just totally missing the mark here, <laughs> but from what we've talked about, I really love how it's got some really deep subtext that never even goes into, it doesn't do that thing like we talked about with the guy with the the police officer in there, where it has to explain it to us. It just puts things in there and says, hey, what do you think? So I, I love the episodes that get us to talk and get us to thinking about things yeah. that aren't put right there on display. So that, I mean, that doesn't really contribute to where we put it, but this is an episode that gets me to thinking and gets me to talk gets us to talking so i definitely think it's on the upper up, right? half of of the the uh, list whether it's top 10 or not i don't know where do you guys stand on it
1: well i will say that i tried to look up just google um crush like from the like what if that was like 50 slang the way balls was last week and you know how it means something other than what we kind of thought it was i can't find anything that specifically meant like crushes in like you know like oh you know uh, you know uh, you you have a fond, you know a fondness for another person that's not like a crush the way we know it now so i mean i i think the context that stands is in at least some way shape or form the context that we know today um that's i'm kind of yeah exactly um where that and the show did a
2: the show really went away from that quickly it's like they dropped it and they knew okay we got to get away we dropped it we did what you wanted now we got to get away from it real quick because they they leave that really quickly and then they drop some little tidbits here or there but man that one line right there makes a lot of other stuff in the episode just click land differently
1: yeah no no doubt i'm with you though as far as everything that we that you mentioned i mean i think that it you know it's an episode that makes you think it um it does i, I kind of want to go back and look more into like stuff the way that other media handled it in that era just to learn more about it i don't know i i mean i think it's top 15 if not well probably closer to top yeah. 12 then i don't know i i really am truly not sure where to put it
0: i know you guys are come to me next um I'm going to say this, and this is going to be controversial. I think this episode is better than one for the angels. I think the level it's willing to go and the level that it actually succeeds at really, like, I wouldn't have said this when we first started, but this episode is probably going to sit with me for quite a long time, just on its material and you, we don't have to go that high. I'm just saying if it were me personally, I, this is an episode that completely just kind of caught me off guard. And I, we have to like work these things out sometimes to try to figure out where to put these things. But, mm-hmm. you know, I like it. People who are like all over. I like the hitchhiker, I like a world of difference. And, and then we would get knives, nice place. to visit. I would put that a little lower, but anyways, time enough at last has that ending. I think the that's, it's very hard to get past that ending. Purple Testament is very, potent with what he's trying to do walking distance has that nostalgia monster doing maple street is monsters doing maple street i think this yeah. is an episode that even today if you were to show somebody and they watched it well most people i'm not saying everybody but if you showed most people and they watched the context i think it hits really hard i really do but yeah. like i said where you guys feel about it and where i feel about it is different so i can go anywhere but that's where i think so i don't know
1: I mean, given the, you think about like the Purple Testament and kind of like the message of that and, and what it hit on. I mean, I'm, I'm good putting it at four or five. I mean, if we're going to, if we're going to go high, we might as well go high and put it, put it on the level of, 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 you know, wrecking ball that it kind of is. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I don't know. Jake, I know Jacob, yeah. you said you have problems with the second act, but I
2: don't know. You tell me. No, I don't have problems with it. I just think I I I just really liked that that little girl. I thought did a phenomenal job at what she was supposed to be there to do, and the second act that act is fine. I mean, I, I was cool with it. I enjoyed the second act as well. I just thought that that first act was really good. That little girl was really damn good, and since she wasn't in the second act much, I thought, you know, that's why it it, it just kind of it was kind of like yeah, oh she does not gotten to those highs yet. But yeah. the, what the second act does that the first act didn't is that's when it opens up all the really heady stuff that we've been, the subtext and everything. That's where the subtext comes in with the second act. And I think that's what it does. So the second act is kind of like, if you just take it at face value, yeah, it's just, you know, some events that happen and they're fine. They're cool. But when you start to think about it, that's when the really hard hitting stuff comes into play is during that part of, so, and, you know, it's supposed to be uncomfortable. Maybe that's why it is a little bit more unlikable because it's, you're dealing with a subject that's, I really cannot see a way around that that's not what it was. And I'm with you. I mean, I definitely think it was better than for to dream. Uh, people are like all over, man, I keep blanking on these things. That was the. Roddy McDowell. We the one just watched he... that one. Which one? Yeah. That's one where he ends up. In oh, a, the in go a, to so, Mars. Yeah. yeah. Zoo.
1: Yeah.
2: Or whatever, or wherever it was. Yeah. I think it's better than that one. I, I and I enjoy that one, but I think that it's message. Which, that's the crazy thing. This one doesn't even have a message so much. It's just bringing awareness to something. It doesn't yeah. have some message. It's just saying, hey, this is a thing, and you need to th- mm-hmm. think about it. You need to talk about it. Um, and it's sad that we can't openly talk about it. Uh, Yeah, i would be cool. I mean, Purple Testament, that's a tough one, because not only did it have something really... Uh, I, I don't think it's as good say, as that one. It, no and that's what i was going with it i it had something poignant to say as well but it was also just so well acted that was so good um time enough at last oh that's the the one with the guy with the glasses which i know i feel i think that was a good episode but i don't feel as quite like it's i'm not as high on that one as you guys quite are uh but i mean i'm cool with it has a banger of an ending one for the angels yeah both of which deal with children but I think this one has a bit more to say than that one. Yeah, I'd be cool with uh, okay. this well. one. It's crazy because as we've talked about this one, I've gotten, I, I went into it thinking, oh yeah, this is a good episode. Probably like a, I think Trip said it initially, like a 10 or a 12, somewhere in there. But as we talk about it, I just think this episode is even more important and better the more we talk about it. We'll keep talking to number one.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, let me ask you this, Trip:
0: Do you think it should go above time enough at last or you think it should go below it where do you stand
1: i'm good with four or five honestly i'm not going to be that person that goes hey this needs to go down by the fever but you know
0: <laughs> you're supposed to slap oh,
2: people <laughs>
1: <laughs> i demand oh, yeah. to go down there
2: now <laughs> Number 20. Will call will smith on your ass you do that <laughs>
1: oh yeah scared um shaken
0: I think I would put it number number five. I think I would watch Time Enough at Last More. Uh One for the Angels is good. It has uh Death and Um Salesman. Is that yep. right? Yep. Um the, okay the Pitch for the Ages. Yeah, the guy
2: Yeah, Yeah, the pitch for the
0: Ages. Let me let me ask you this. Which one do you feel is better in an instance? One for the Angels or this episode? Like which one hit you hard the, the harder the best, I guess.
1: You're talking to... I like one for the angels is like one of my all time faves. So you're asking me like to pick between my children, um, for for a general. That's
2: a tough one too.
1: Yeah, yeah, for 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 watchability, and this is from someone that I, I watch a lot of stuff just because it, you know, like it makes me feel good, all that kind of stuff. Like I, I watch a lot of stuff that has meaning and is poignant, but I'm also one that's a sucker for like just a sappy story one for the angels wins out over this but in this case given the kind of story that it is i think it has to go above above one for the angels sound good to you I honestly i think I, oh yeah sorry I,
0: oh, go ahead Trey, i'm sorry oh no oh, go uh, ahead
1: go ahead I, I was just gonna say honestly given the messages of time enough at last outside of the banger ending and we've had this conversation the thing that makes time enough at last really good is the ending I think this one is a solid episode more across the board than what time enough at last is, but I don't know if that in theory is strong enough to beat out that ending.
2: Well, I I don't think the ending is, but it's not all about the ending. I think that this is one of those weird episodes. I've already said this, that, you know, I had, I had an initial thought of, but then once I notice everything that's going on in the background of this one, that's when, this one doesn't have the banger ending. This one just has a banger message, for lack of a better term. And I think that, in my opinion, it does trump that ending with that. Um, as far as, like, time enough it, I mean, uh, one for the angels. Uh, I think that one for the angels hit, because you asked, you know, which one hits you harder. I think one for the angels, just on, like, just viewing experience, viewing what, you know, on the surface. It's very, there's no subtext there. The uh-huh. One for the angels is just like, this is what's going on. What we're presenting you is what's happening. So it's easier to kind of, it's more digestible. And as you're watching it, you, of course, you got this kid, this man, this poor old man does everything he can to save her and all that. And he's successful. It's heartwarming and it hits you in the feels and all that. This one is one that I don't feel like fully hits you until a little while later. And you start mm-hmm. noticing more and more things like I have. And you're just like, Oh my gosh, that was dark but that's just cuz it's dark and and tough and i i i kind of as i think about it i'm like that's probably why i had this uneasy feeling the entire time while watching this episode because it was like a subconscious thing like maybe i picked up on some of these cues subconsciously and and uh, that's that's why it was uneasy for me subconsciously mm-hmm. until we brought it to light here and i realized what it was I think it's a more important, important makes me sound really. No, no, it, no, I think it doesn't, it's a, it doesn't. I think it's just a, it's something that needs to be talked about and brought to light more often. Right. And I think that they did it really well here. The more and more I think about it, the more we talk about it, I think they did it really well. And as much as I talk about, Oh, in that last part, they were doing handholding and cause they thought the audience was stupid. They clearly didn't think the audience was too stupid because I think they were trying to slide it in there without people understanding or knowing it. I mean, they didn't. The big hit, hard hitting part of the episode, they didn't explain it all. And I love that. I love when movies or shows or stories don't hold your hand. They put something in there for you to say, for you to figure out, you the the audience member. I think this one did that. So yeah, I'm going to say it's better than Time Enough at Last and One for the Angels. But if it goes in four or five, I'll be happy shit um i said a lot of words and just didn't <laughs> stick to anything <laughs> no it's uh
0: the difficulty is is trying to it, when we get to like episode 100 it's gonna be so difficult to place this shit but
1: um i'm saying I, above time enough at last i am That's, too
0: I, I i mean i as much as i don't want yeah. to say that i i yeah i think you're i think you guys are both right i think it's
1: it, i'm making uh, the executive decision
0: well i just want to make sure you're
2: right I with that executive cool. decision yes so My
1: coffee cup, my cup of hot chocolate, stand.
2: All right. So I yeah, have, I, I have no executive powers
0: here. So <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I think. Uh, okay, Travis, Trivis put down the gavel. No, okay. Damn I straight, was, I have. <laughs> I was going to go about telling it last at, uh, myself, but uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah. New so number four. New, new number four is nightmare as a child. It has been said, it has been written, let it be said, let it be done. Uh, number one, Monsters Due on Maple Street. Number 29 is The Fever. Um, I think there's a respectable place to put that episode. So yeah. Uh, yeah. So with that said, this is going to be an interesting episode to talk about next week because I love this episode, but I don't know where we are going to land on it. But Trib knows this episode. I'm sure. I know Jacob has seen this episode. I'm 100% sure, but it's called A Stop at Willoughby. It's Oh,
1: great episode.
0: Um, yeah. Season one, episode 30. And the, what's Direct it called? Rider stop at willoughby you'll you, know you it would, when you see it yeah you'll know this episode from the ending so um but it's directed by robert parrish written by Rod uh, sterling and uh charles james daly and howard smith and like i said it's considered like a classics uh Twilight zone episode so anyways is the one on the train yep
2: yes okay, yeah. I uh, okay we'll see you, I'm you'll on know a boat. i said that uh-huh. not because i remembered but because i just looked at the thumbnail and it's people sitting on a train <laughs>
1: It's good reason to believe it happened on a train. Exactly. Unless they want that's what they want you to think.
2: Dun dun dun. We've got seven episodes left until the end of this monster of a season.
1: That's insane.
2: Oh, dude. We haven't even gotten to the fourth season yet. Actually, how many episodes is it? Is doesn't season one have the longest uh the most episodes out of all of them? Or does season is there a Uh, season, season somewhere?
0: season two has 29 season three has 37 Holy shit. oh season three look at you season Aww. four is 18 and season five has uh 36 so we're, huh? we're in we're in for the long haul so
1: <laughs> get on the train so
0: these, these seasons back then be. were just long yeah <laughs> all right um so okay so that'll do it that'll be our take on season one episode 29 which is called a nightmare as a child triv if you want to go slapping, if they people want to go slapping or trying to slap you, or if you want to slap them, where can they find your channel to slap people, you know, uh, love slap style?
1: You can find me here on YouTube at Trivial Theater. Um, I try to do normal content. I've been a little slow on it lately, but uh, keep on, keep on, keeping a look. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at trivia underscore chick.
0: Awesome, and uh, Jacob. Well, now that you can kind of talk to people in some form or fashion when your internet does work, uh, if they want to reach out and find your somewhat reasonable internet, uh, where can they find you?
2: Reach out and touch me. You yeah. can reach out and touch me at <laughs> <Hey>, YouTube. <laughs> that's where I spend most of my time at Jacob Anders Reviews. Also, I also have a gaming channel, Jacob Anders Gaming. I know my naming conventions are extremely original. Um, I'm also on Twitter at Red Neville Two, where I post stuff about my YouTube channel. And every now and then stuff about Star Wars ice blocks here or there. And that's an old one. Did it like three years <laughs> ago. But um, <clears throat> that's where I spend most of my time. And hopefully, yes, I you guys have... Those of you that tune in weekly or tune into my channel are probably sick and fucking tired of hearing about this guy bitch and moan about his internet and his first world problems. But that problem will be <laughs> rectified within the next week and a half. So hopefully I will be even more active again because it will not take me five minutes to load a fucking website.
1: Always <laughs> oh, a nice thing.
2: Exactly, and as
0: always, you, have you no can idea. find our. <laughs> uh, and as always, you can find our channel on my YouTube channel, which is Movie Emporium, where I post all my videos and TV reviews and stuff. We are an Apple Podcast, Google Play. I think we're on Amazon. So rate, subscribe, star. If you like listening to us, you know, do a, uh, a- was it SM- ASMR 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 whatever ASMR. I that type it. of thing yeah <laughs> uh you can find us on audio feeds uh but with that said for myself jacob and triv we'll see you guys next time in the twilight zone peace out peace love chicken grease
2: i'm out this Thank piece <laughs>